So what's up, man? How's the week going? How are the clients looking? Better question. The week is going well. Um, we are 17 weeks out from the Cancun Classic. Uh, this is the show that I'm promoting uh, that is going to take place for the very first time in the area. As I mentioned before, I'm originally from Cancun, Mexico. And uh, this is a project that I had been thinking about entering for a while. But of course, in order for me to be able to do that, I, I needed to either get some experience as a promoter or partner up with someone that did have the experience. Given that I have the, the language skills, my first language being Spanish, that I was from the area, that I know people in the area. So I partner up with Ryan Mallow, who is the promoter for the two shows that we have here in Manitoba, the VBC Natural. So that would be a drug-tested competition for natural bodybuilding. And the Bandai Classic, which would be the open show or non-tested show. This one is going to take place this year, four weeks after the Cancun Classic. So we have enough time to, you know, focus on one and the first one here, which is the Cancun show right now, and then move move forward and focus then on uh, for him because I'm not I'm, I'm I'm not a promoter for that one, but uh, I try to support that show as much as I can. So yeah, it's it's. I think, uh, you know, being the first time and being a year that there's, of course, some uncertainty regarding COVID, travel restrictions and restrictions within uh, the country of Mexico. There, you know, it's, it's definitely as exciting as it is frightening for me, but I'm always up for a challenge. So it'll be good, I think, for sure. How are you feeling about the uh, the competitors for the VDC this year? I know we joke pretty often. It makes me it makes me laugh quite happily sometimes. But uh... <laughs> last year we had... 17 athletes uh, between the natural and the open show, which last year happened to be the same day. Uh, and it's the same case this year. They're going to do it the same day. And last year I was prepping for my own competition, which was going to take place six weeks after the Van Dyke. So I was prepping for the show. Obviously, when you, I mean, you know, now you know that uh, when you're prepping for a show, your mental capacity diminishes because your energy levels and just the feel that you're giving your body, you're at a deficit, right? So it's things become a little bit more challenging. Uh, in some cases, people become irritable. So these were definitely challenges that I uh, was willing to endure within my own prep and within the preps for my clients. What I try to do is not to take more clients that I believe I can handle properly while still giving them the proper attention and keeping attention to detail. But so far, I don't feel like that I have reached that that cap. This year, I won't be... Personal competing plans, competition plans have really been solidified. Um, if I do compete, it would be really during the last months of this year. If not, I would just compete the next year depending on how things go there's still a few things up in the air but but yeah this year i don't have any competitions plan planning and if i don't prep myself for a show my mental ability to pay attention to more clients is increased so right now we have a few we still have a few spots open for this show but once i reach a certain number where i think i wouldn't necessarily be able to devote as much attention or the level of service that i that they deserve then i would i would probably cap it there and then just uh accepting clients for that one particular show for other weekends for other shows canada and internationally uh then that's a different story but for them but for that one particular show because everyone is competing the same day then you don't want to take more than you can handle that's fair i mean i'm honestly uh very excited for the show uh mainly because i can sit back and watch and enjoy it with you guys you know, see everybody display their physiques but uh also because i have my own theories of how it's going to go not going to be that person though right now. Uh, 
<laughs> I see you laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking about too. But um, I don't know who are you most. I I want to ask the question about playing favorites, but it is what it is. Who are you most excited to see at the show? Like of your athletes, like get up on stage. The bikini category always excites me. It's it's a category that, and I think I'm 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 excited because it's a little bit more subjective. It's not as clear. You may think. When it comes to the judging, it's it's more they're judging really the the overall package, the, the look of the athlete as well, they're, they're posing, uh, the physique, of course, but it's not as easy to to almost guess who's gonna be the winner. So that I think in its own way makes it exciting to watch. I the the, the category of classic physique is very close to my heart. Um, that is a category that I'm always excited to to coach, to watch, and that's the one that I compete in. Last year we we got the overall title at the Van Dyke in plastic. Uh, this year, we have a very strong contender for that one as well. The thing about uh, the Canadian Physique Alliance, the CPA, is that it allows for competitors from outside of the province to enter the shows in Manitoba, right? So there are shows all year round in different months, different provinces, and you don't have to just compete in your own Province. Of course, we have to take into consideration the travel restrictions and the fact that you have the current quarantine as of right now to for someone to either enter Manitoba or for us to either go somewhere else. But hopefully by then, uh, by the time July hits, this won't be an issue. You know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, man. That would uh, that'd be a pain in the ass. I don't even know what I would say, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, truth be told, that's what makes these events so exciting, though, because you have no idea who's going to actually show up. I mean, doesn't matter. Yeah, what show like previously, when I first started competing, well, my very first show was actually in, in, in Mexico. And, you know, in hindsight, that's probably one of the reasons I wanted to promote and, and, and bring a, a high quality show to Mexico, because the way they're currently doing things is, you know, they're doing their best. But now me seeing the, the level of quality of the shows in, in the States and Canada, I wanted to bring that to, to my own country. But my very first show in Canada, back in when the previous association what's present is you would have to do a provincial qualifier then there were you had the provincial championships actually from what i hear even before uh before our day there used to have a level be- between the provincials and the nationals uh, even there was if it was something like it was four uh, stages apparently it was it, it was, was it was the the western canadians or, or something something like that they removed that one and then they kept the national. So there were like, like a few steps before being able to enter what now we, we know as a pro qualifier. Right. But within the provincial championships, you kind of knew who you were going to go against because, you know, the community wasn't as big. Now it's definitely grown, but it wasn't as big. And you knew who were the front runners in, in the competition, right? Now you don't, someone from, you know, for a regional show, entry level show, someone from the East Coast or the West Coast can show up, you know, out of nowhere. In pro qualifiers, some of them are international, so you can have someone showing up from Asia and kick your ass, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it happened like, with me two, yeah. two years ago. Uh, now, in hindsight, honestly, for that one show in 2019, my main goal—I wasn't even expecting—my uh, goal was to get top three. To, to be quite honest, it was right. up to that point I hadn't reached a top three placing at a national or pro qualifying level. I had taken the entire year off in 2018 from PEDs. So I, I still kept up with the training. I, I even entered uh, a competition of, this, of that stream, but of course I did lose some tissue. And my goal for 2019 was to gain back as much muscle tissue as possible and just to bring as, as 
as much improvement from 2018 as possible. I coached myself for that year. And uh, it was the very first time that I coached myself entirely for, for, for a long enough prep, a prep longer than, you know, your average 12 to 16 weeks. So it allowed me more time to, you know, try a few things, take notes, uh, learn. But it also came along with your own pressure because you are your own coach. And I, I think I kind of respond a little bit better to that because for me personally, if I am coaching myself, there's absolutely no one to blame. Not that I would blame. I'm not the type of person that I would place blame somewhere else. But this is even more into that opposite mindset. of It's, it's just you. It's you who is having to do the work, but it's also you who's having to make the decisions when it comes to making adjustments to your diet, when it comes to making adjustments to the training or whatever the case may be. It's, it's only you. And along with that could come some some bias or clouding of judgment if you are, you know, when you're when you're prepping, when you're tired, if you're the type of person that is a little bit too hard on themselves, you might not see really what's actually shown by the physique update, whether it's pictures or, or, or video, you might be thinking, oh, I mean, some people think they're they're never progressing. Some people think they're always fine. Oh, I haven't progressed. I, you know, I look worse than last week. And I've had clients that uh, they have sent me a check-in and and, and it comes along with some comments of disappointment. And, you know, if you are, if you're, whether you're a lifestyle client, whether, you, whether you're competing and you have a coach, uh, I would suggest that you do not judge your own update before you allow your coach to judge it. Why? Because we are also humans. And when you do that, when you send a check in, you're almost, almost like knocking it down as a coach. And as a human, you might cloud the judgment. You might you're not allowing the coach to make his or her own judgment. So that is an issue, right? Like it's it's just report and follow instructions. That's basically it. Yes, you're allowed to ask questions, of course, uh, but it's mostly about doing the work and not overthinking. There's a lot of people that overthink things and this can definitely come become an issue when it comes to progressing. So, I mean, to be fair though, to compete in the sport and to be good at it, you have to be a little bit, you know, obsessive, right? So I think all of us are going to overthink no matter what at certain points, especially towards the end of a prep, you're going to mm-hmm. overthink almost everything because if you really want it bad enough, that's going to come with it. I think. Absolutely. Anyway. And look, if you are the type that overthinks, get a coach because it's going to be very, very challenging for, for you to make the right decisions every single time, week after week when it gets hard. You know, that takes time to develop the not the, the the remain objective the not overthink that that really make try to see as clearly as possible whether you're progressing with, and, and being honest with yourself as well because you know there are some people that take it a little bit too far too because they're they get a little bit too excited with well i'm progressing 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 and when it comes to bodybuilding we know that we need to keep as much muscle mass as possible within the criteria of the category but you know when you get almost fixated on the number on the scale going down uh, you might start to do things that are a little bit unnecessary perhaps you are just doing more cardio than you're supposed to eating less than you're that you should so these are things that definitely come into play and need to be taken into consideration that is why like very few people are able to just make these decisions themselves when it comes to their own prep it's a little bit different you're you're too close to it so that's you know having a coach comes into play, but I have done 15 preps, 15 shows, and I am at the point in which I can make those decisions for myself. I, I know when to remain objective, when not to overthink, what I should be looking for. Uh, and then just, uh, I'm almost honest with myself. When I when I train, I when I 
select the exercises. I don't select them because they're easy or because they're convenient. I select them because that's what I truly believe is going to make my physique progress to where I want it to progress. Well, there you go. And you're talking from over a decade going on close to two decades of experience, of, of course. So it comes with that. Um, by the way, I don't know if you noticed this, but we went way off on a tangent again. We started with uh, one one simple thing and just gone. I do that. I'll get, I'll get better at it. <laughs> I apologize to the people at home. Humberto likes to hear himself talk sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Sometimes a conversation of how are you turns into two hours of sending memes back and forth. It does happen. Okay, I'll get uh, to the point going forward. I'm plugging you, Matt. In any case, um, how do you feel about the scene right now, locally for us, the scene in Winnipeg when it comes to uh, men, especially in men with mental health? Do you feel like people expect too much from us sometimes that we got to be mentally strong like all the time, no matter what we're going through? Which are, are we talking men specifically? Men specifically. Here's the thing. When it comes to bodybuilding, there's always at first an underlying reason, whether it's a right reason or a wrong reason for us to enter the sport. For some people, there's a certain degree of body dysmorphia. You know, you might be on the heavier side, in your opinion, or like it's on the skinny version in that, you know, we're trying to change that. That was the case. In, in my case, I I was 120 pounds, I think, at five, my current height, five, I like to think five, nine, but really it's five, eight and a half. Um, so I was 120 pounds and, and, you know, I definitely wanted to change that. I always wanted to be bigger and stronger. So I started with that. Uh, but going into it, I, I realized that there's more, there's more to it. My point is when it comes to, to bodybuilding, if your mindset is not where it should be it's not if it's not if there are issues that you haven't dealt with whether it's you know internally you, your own whether you're a little bit of the negative side of things whether it's you are whatever the case may be whether you, you're scared to be alone whether you think uh, there's those feelings of you know and you're not adequate enough or whatever there's always going to be some well not, not always if there's some unresolved issue and then you venture into bodybuilding, eventually that catches up, you know, on, onto you. So I think it's important to realize that bodybuilding can be a great, the best decision you ever made, or it could be the worst decision you've ever made if you weren't ready for it mentally. It is going to challenge you mentally, physically, emotionally, and you know, along with that comes certain pressures. I think with men, I think with men, yes, we are as men expected to always show a strong front. We're expected to, you know, show no weakness. We're expected to act the part and portray a certain character. So that, that is one kind of pressure that that we willingly put on ourselves, but that eventually can, can catch up to, to you. I personally Within the last year, because of everything that was going on, at first I wasn't really, I wasn't realizing why I was feeling the way I was feeling. I was feeling just down, you know, like it was just, I think in my case was that feeling of powerlessness, not being able to make decisions to in your life that were being made for you, that you were being forced, it felt like you were being forced to, 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 to live your life a certain way. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't until probably the last month or so where once things started started to look up and they, they started to open up restaurants, gyms and, and, and whatnot, I started to feel a little bit better. I started to think a little bit more clearly. But again, bodybuilding, 
it can take a toll on your mindset as well, because there's a lot of things that come into consideration when it comes to the mental health as well. Um, you are what you eat. If you, uh, if what you put into your body, it's not quality that is going to affect your mindset. It's my, it's my belief. And along comes the, the PVs. I mean, that's, that's just the reality. Like certain compounds affect people differently. So if you put all these things, you know, you have the increased depression from the lockdowns, you have, uh, along with that, sometimes comes, you start to eat like shit. I mean, you just, you're just like, whatever, you feel demotivated. You don't want to train. You don't want to cook. You don't want to prep. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to do, like do anything. You don't like crap. And, uh, and then, you know, some people might, might be thinking, oh, well, in order for me to keep my, my size, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing, you know, this amount of drugs. Where in reality, that can be a double-edged sword. That, that can be actually the decision to make. So these are things that definitely affect men. I mean, when it comes to the PED to a certain degree, you know, certain women, but it's, it's, it's something that is more predominant in, in men. In men, yeah. I was going to say, before we keep going, um, I was asked by like four different people that listened to the podcast last time to actually explain what PDs are performance enhancing drugs for people at home. So steroids, I know not everybody gets the, uh, the acronym for it, but just to put it out there for those that don't know, when we say PEDs or PEDs, we're talking about steroids. You know what though, whether it's bodybuilding or just life in general, I find people think that a male adult should be tough, no matter what the situation is. Imagine the pressure put on somebody. Let's just say, like yourself, for example, you're a stepdad, right? You have a family, you have a wife, you work hard, you're self-employed, essentially, you have your own business. Now, imagine that you went to work every day, though, for 12 hours a day, working in a factory or whatever it was, a warehouse, and the pressure is building up. You know, COVID is happening. You feel like you have no free time, nothing. You feel like you can't, you know... Take, take your family out to do anything. So now these things are adding up. You're going stir crazy because the only two places you go are to work and home. And then at home, you feel like you're locked in. Like you said, all your choices are being made for you. I think a lot of people put way too much expectation and pressure on the male figure in general. Man, I don't even know how many times this year, like during the first uh, quarantine, you know, it, it almost came to a breaking point even for me because I felt like all I saw was the, the, floor, the floor walls at home, right? Unless I went outside. And for me personally, I never stopped working. You know, I worked from home the entire time. And sometimes I'd work 12 hour shifts. So if I actually didn't get up at 6 a.m. to go outside to get a breath of fresh air, I literally would see the sun come up from my home office and watch it go down. And yeah. it, was some, it was something that drove me crazy. Now I will say, trying to prep for a first show at the same time during that period, same thing. I had that same thing that you were talking about. I didn't want to come off any of the drugs, I didn't want to come off any of what I had in my cycle because I felt like, oh, it's going to take so much longer to catch up when the gym is reopened. And even more of a mind fuck, I kept telling myself, well, maybe in three weeks when they revisit the restrictions, maybe in three weeks when they revisit the restrictions. And it was the same this time around and fucking 90 days went by. It got to the point where for my own mental sake, I just emptied my savings and said, screw it and started building a home gym, which is what I should have done the first time when you told me to, but it's neither here nor there. The point that I'm making is, for anyone listening to this, whether it's a male or female, if you could see that they're having a hard time, give them a fucking break because you don't know what that person is actually thinking in their head every single day. You have no idea. And chances are, especially as, as someone with pride, they're not going to open up. I guarantee it unless you rip it out of them. Just something to think about because lately I've seen a lot of people, 
And you can see it on their faces that we go to the gym with or whatever that we see at work that are struggling because it's an adjustment period. And none of this is actually normal, right? Even though things are slowly opening up again, it's still not normal. It's not going to be any form of normal for a very long time. And if you are someone who uses PEDS, something to think about is maybe toning it down a notch because certain things, like we talked about certain compounds, it creates anxiety, especially if you're an overthinker. Yeah, anyways, I, mean, I just, want to, just want to put my two cents on that one there. No, absolutely. I think um, in our case with our clients, a lot of them found that sticking to a plan, sticking with the coaching, despite the fact that the gyms were closed, kept some sort of goal structure. or purpose going structure as well. Um, yeah. You know, and yes, there was a lot of, of uncertainty. And and looking back, I, I think that's probably one of the main reasons why I stuck to my own breath, despite the fact that it started to look like the show wasn't going to happen. And the show... I think I I changed my show or show date the last year, I think five or six times. So, you know, whether I had to change the the show itself because I started getting more clients and I was getting busier and the timing wasn't right or whether the show itself got postponed and I needed to to shift my focus to another one. It was, uh, it kept changing, right? But I kept at it because I think subconsciously I knew that this was the best for my own mental health. Like just dropping everything was not going to be the answer for me. And it ended up being at times very overwhelming. I had a few breakdowns, I'm not going to lie. But whenever I, I, I thought about, you know, letting go or just, you know, quitting, uh, I knew that there was a lot of people uh, looking up to me and following my instructions and my lead. And my personal choice was to remain strong for them. I couldn't, phrase anything else because I didn't want them and I don't want I didn't want you guys to lose the hope or lose that idea of of strength because you know if you're a coach if someone you're looking up to you lead, you lead by example that way you're going to yeah. yeah you're gonna you're gonna think oh maybe it's okay maybe I, should, I shouldn't do this maybe I shouldn't remain strong now although it was overwhelming it for me it didn't get to to a, a point in which my mental health took too much of a toll uh if I if it had gotten to that point in which I was seriously concerned about where this was going to head, then I would have, you know, taken the necessary because at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself as well. I, I took on as much as I, I knew I could handle, but had it gotten past that point, I would have acted differently. So that's something important that I think needs to be addressed. Don't, you know, a lot of people act according to their ego or their pride. And that sometimes ends up taking them, you know, the shithole. Um, the dark so place, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's important to realize when when to take a step back. You're not necessarily quitting. You're just pausing, taking a step back so you can continue moving forward. Sometimes that's necessary. There was one more topic I wanted to discuss, but we can save that for another day, and that was dating within the fitness community and the pros and cons of it. I'm again, it would be an interesting topic, but we can discuss that another time. I think. Uh, a certain guest that we'll be having in a couple of weeks could probably crack a joke or two about that one too. And we can make it enjoyable, but we do have some pretty good questions this time around. And one that really stuck out to me was from uh, someone that goes to our same gym as us, uh, Matt Dayton. He asked us, what was it like stepping on stage for the first time? And do you guys have any advice for first time competitors? I have a lot of advice. I don't know if we can fit it in half an hour, but I'll try to. Why don't, why don't you just share, share, share your, share your experience of the first time you stepped on stage, what it was like, what you like, didn't like, whatever. Okay. And I'll share mine and then we can give one piece of advice each. So we don't take half an hour. 
Right. So I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on themselves when it comes to their first show. They think about I either win or it's going to be a failure, right? And I look like absolute shit on my first show. I'm just going to, like I coach, coach, so to speak myself. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and I prepped for four weeks. So you can imagine what that ended up like. And I cheated on my diet. I, it was everything that could have gone wrong. Everything that was, it, it just, it was just terrible. And it was so bad that I, I, don't, I don't even know my placing. Like I, I was outside of the first call out and they don't, they didn't tell you who wasn't, who was after the, the top six. Right. Um, however, I've always had like an art or artsy side to, to me. I've always been into whether it's a stage, whether it's, uh, you know, the, 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 the different arts, I've never really felt um, too frightened to be, uh, let's, let's, <laughs> let's I call it the center of attention or being on stage or whatever, right? So I, you would think that my very first time being on stage, it would have been frightening. It wasn't, I was just, I was very dehydrated. I was doing things wrong then again. So that along with exhaustion, it didn't really allow me to think. I was just like, I just want to do this. I just want to get it, get it over with. Advice, looking back, not only that experience, but all the experiences I've gotten is, if you are going to coach yourself, make sure you have done your research, make sure, make sure you're confident that, that you know what you're doing. Um, but even if you don't, it's going to be a learning experience. As long as you learn from it, then it, there is no loss. Now, if you're getting a coach, make sure you do your research as well. Because I think a lot of people, they do very, very superficial, superficial research. They basically ask their friend, hey, what do you think of that coach? And, you know, hey, that's how I've gotten clients, so nothing against that. But I think if you are really going to take this seriously and you're really going to try to get as much out of the journey, experience, and service as possible, you need to do your research. You need to really see what they've done in the past, what they've been doing currently as well. Because if something, just because someone got crazy transformation or they got an athlete really far five years ago, that doesn't mean it's the consistency of the transformations and it's the consistency of of the success with their clients. Uh, so, so and, and not only look at what they look like personally, because you have, there's a difference between an athlete that has a certain level of knowledge and an actual coach. An athlete that has a certain level of knowledge, they'll just tell you what to do. They won't, they, they may not even have the patience to explain. They'll just tell you and, you know, do what I say because I look this way and, or I'm at this level or I'm a pro. You have to, dig deeper just because someone is a pro trust me this is the truth just because someone is a pro doesn't mean they have more experience than a coach that is themselves an amateur as well uh, still so i think this is where a lot of people that's, that's their train of thought they're like oh he's a pro he knows everything i need to know and that's i've i've experienced coaches that are pros and yeah they had more knowledge than me but they weren't necessarily what you would call a coach. They wouldn't coach you through certain, um, you know, issues or plateaus or situations that you could have been coached past. They'll just tell you, yeah, fuck it up. So it's there's a difference between someone that really can communicate the information and communicate what they expect you to do or what you should be doing or how to get around these problems and someone just telling you, this is what you're going to follow. Shut up. Don't ask me any questions. Just fuck it up. It's a very detailed way of saying do your research, but I'm sure a lot of people very much appreciated that. Um, actually, it's it's ironic that you say that though, because I hear a lot of people or a lot of 
high-end coaches for example like Vu or uh even Chris Aceto like I find like when they have or what I've heard I should say when they have people at the national level like if they don't really care that much sometimes they'll just reply with like a good or fix this and it's just a very minor you know quick text and you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars for coaches like this as well have you heard that that's just how that's just how it goes with higher level coaches and I think a lot of people think that um, the service is going to be better when they go to those coaches. Sometimes if, if you're, if you're just starting, you're potentially not really going to take advantage or full advantage of that service because you're not there yet. You're not, you're not advanced enough to really take advantage of everything. You'll, you'll progress of course, because it's quality information, but you know, some people are not ready for that. You know, they're not ready for that and solve type of type of service and yeah listen like that's that's like i'm not saying that i baby my clients i'm not saying that you know i don't push them or i don't tell them you know there's there's times in which you know they are absolutely whining and i have to tell them listen uh you chose to do this this is your own decision i can't do the work for you you either continue with the work or you quit it's just basically when it comes especially to competition you have to know what you're getting yourself into and if and this means it's probably going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. It's you have to be on 24 seven on your nutrition, on your training, on your recovery, on your supplements, on your water intake, on your posting. There's so many things that you have to be on and you have to pay attention to the, if you are the type of person that procrastinates or just leaves things to the, you know, to the end, like closer to the show day, specifically posting, for example, it's a lot of work and it's, it's, it's a second full-time job. If you want to see it that way, because it just requires so much attention. So know what you're get, getting yourself into. Uh, before you venture into this challenge. I'm not saying this to dissuade people from uh, entering this industry and the bodybuilding world, but I think it's best that you are prepared for the work that uh, that this entails and requires, because if you're not, then you're going to be disappointed with your inability to go through the process. That's a, yeah. The other thing too is like your personal life doesn't stop, right? For me, because of the way that COVID played out, um, I had a really good experience the first time <laughs> competing personally. I mean, it kind of couldn't have really went any better, but there were a lot of hurdles along the way. You know, three weeks out, I had a family member get COVID, almost die. I wanted to pull out of the show. We had talked. You told me it was fine if I did. She ended up getting off the ventilator, messaging me and telling me basically to uh, stop being a bitch and get done. <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of old school like that so i did and um yeah I, I mean again it worked out for me um i will say one thing be humble like you already touched on the part of be prepared to do your research make sure you have a good coach whatever but also be humble if it's your first time competing don't be that asshole who makes a bunch of claims and ends up making himself look stupid if you don't place well there's so many guys every year no matter whether it's like winnipeg or vancouver or whatever they say like oh i'm gonna get this or Oh, watch out for me. You know, I'm going to fucking make it to the overall. And if you don't, you look fucking stupid. So just I'm, be I'm that gonna, person. Sorry. I'm going to let you in on a secret. And this is basically like the way I see things. And, and whenever I see someone that's prepping for a show, make these cocky posts, claiming things. Um, for, the, for the general audience, it, it's probably going to come across as pretty annoying. But to me, the moment someone does that, that is a tell that they're not fully confident in their abilities. When they need to post, 
and they need to put it out there. They're trying to convince themselves, really. They put it out there for accountability or whatever. They're trying to get that positive feedback, the likes, the shares, the comments. Whenever someone posts that, the claims they're going to do this and they're going to do that, I'm automatically, I automatically know you're just not completely certain in yourself. And that is something that I use towards my advantage, right? Like it's, it's if they're doubting themselves, they're that much closer to being second place to someone that is not in that mindset, if that makes sense. So it's really, it's all about the mindset. And yeah, there's the strategy, there's, you know, there's some social media game uh, involved at times in, into it. But I think we, when you have reached a level in which your reasons for doing this are completely clear, there is no need for that. And I've fallen myself into that, you know, I've, I've made cocky posts, I've made, you know, claims as well. This is primarily when I was first getting started, but I learned, I'm like, you have to think, why am I doing this? And it's And if it's purely for the sake of self-improvement and becoming the best version of yourself, you don't have to prove anything to anyone but yourself. So these posts become automatic, automatically unnecessary. But that's the thing about social media. It's, it's, it's changed the behavior and the train of thought of not only bodybuilders, but people in general around the world. But yeah, it's, it's humility. Like this is the way I approach things. I am very humble outside, but that doesn't mean I'm not just as humble inside. Inside, it's a different story. Outside, though, I want to portray this humility. Inside, it, the, the level of confidence is completely different. It might not be the, the exact thing, but I think this is the best way of approaching things. So you don't want to come across as that, you know, overly confident. And especially if there's no reason to be confident. There's some guys that haven't done shit, and they're just making these claims and making these posts. And, and, I, and I think, why, why, where does this confidence come from? Like, it's, it's fine that you want to, if you want to be confident, but... And you are going that extra step and you haven't really, you don't have anything to back that up. Why? No, nah, that's, that's fair. Uh, we could probably beat that one to death if we really want to, but uh, uh, let's, let's lighten the mood a little bit. So uh, <laughs> Elena asked us, what are yours and Bert's? She specifically said to call you Bert's. Uh, go to cheat meals. <laughs> In yeah, she, knows I, she knows I hate that name. I know. Um, I know. And, and, and if you're listening and you're my client, please don't call me that. Thank you. Um, do you want to tell her to go fuck yourself? Or... You tell her to go fuck yourself while we're on the podcast. It's fine. I pretty much just did politely. Uh, but thank you for, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, go, <laughs> go to cheating. Honestly, I'm not really that complex. Like the three things that I would have, uh, I actually like variety. I, I, don't, I don't think I have a go-to. Uh, of course, Mexican food, that's something that I like having. And this means, generally speaking, tacos. Didn't uh, even bring back hot sauce from Cancun. <laughs> uh, I'm a burger guy uh, as well. And I like sushi. I just like food. It's very, very, there's very few things that I don't like. And I actually, I can't think of one right now. Like it's, it's when it comes to food, I just love all kinds of foods. And, and to me, it's very, unless there's some sort of allergy or intolerance when when a client lists so many dislikes, I'm like, man, you're missing out, in my opinion, so much. But of course, when it comes to your diet, you want to have as much variety as possible. That's just, in my opinion, the, 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 the best way of approaching things. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm simple. I'm, I'm, in that regard, it's not that hard to, to please me. So what about you? Uh, well, the thing is, I just like food in general, but 
I think if we're talking about like regular ones, like what comes, what, what is more frequent to be something basic, like the, like a five guys burger with the grilled cheese buns or sushi. Have you tried the five guys burger with the grilled cheese buns? No, I haven't. Would you recommend it? You're missing out, man. (laughs) Ask all your clients. We all say the same shit. It's fucking gold. And for the people that live in Ontario, if you guys do not have a five guys burger with the grilled cheese buns, you are not living life. It is amazing. You gotta you gotta come to Manitoba and do a show and then have that as uh, after the show. I think they actually have a five guys out in Ontario. Maybe they don't. I don't know where Estera lives, but if she gets a cheat meal, she should try that. Okay. <laughs> what is your opinion of the people who claim they're natural, but you know for a fact that they uh, they aren't? And and let me just start by saying, let me just start by saying, even if you run the smallest bit of testosterone stacked or something else in the off season, and then you go and you compete in the natural, in my opinion, you're not fucking natural and you shouldn't claim it. Okay. Um, short answer. I couldn't care less, but I will, <laughs> I would elaborate in this. I do understand the side that, that thinks in the way that you shouldn't give, especially the beginners, the, the wrong idea of a, an unattainable physique. Uh, I get that. But at the same time, I always choose to pick the options that best serves me. What I mean by this is in reality, there's no way you will be 100% certain of who is go- who's a natural and who's not. There's people that are very witty, very clever when it comes to hiding this. If that's what they want to do, go nuts. I personally don't care. I choose when someone when someone asks me, "Do you think he's a natty?" I automatically think, "Okay, so are you asking me because you're hoping <laughs> that I tell you, oh, no, he's not a natty." So your own shortcomings are okay. You know, your own mentality of, oh, if he's not natty, then that's fine. I can, that's not unattainable. I don't have to push as hard to get to that level. That is automatically what I think. Are you, are you thinking or are you hoping this person is not a natural? Because otherwise, why would you care? Um, I always, I, nine out of 10 times, unless it's something completely ridiculous, but nine out of 10 times, if I am uncertain, I pick or decide, yes, they're natural. Why? Because if they have a superior physique than mine and they are natural, then that's automatically going to force you to think, oh shit, maybe I should train harder. Maybe I'm not pushing as hard as I could. I am choosing what serves me, not what is convenient, not what is going to make me feel better about myself, what is going to fucking push me. So the people that obsess about, oh, is he an addy? Is he not an addy? I do understand that there's, there's going to be people that are very displeased, especially the people that enter natural shows that are specifically that they win and they're not natural, right? But at the end of the day, there are certain, there are associations, there are tests, there are associations that are really on the ball with that. Um, so, you know, there, even in those though, there's no guarantee. There's not 100% certainty that, you know, this person is in fact a natural. So you're spending energy obsessing over something that is really not serving you that's a fair point uh just to just to be completely transparent i don't really give a shit about the topic at all i just want to make the two cents that i think is fucking stupid when people claim it when it's very obvious though that they're not like you know what i mean that's that's what, that's my point that i'm getting at i don't give a fuck i don't yeah. even i wouldn't even watch a natural show it's boring to me but again just my opinion <laughs> just my opinion hey, hey, you are that's what I mean. If I go to a bodybuilding show, I want to see a freak. I want to see a juiced up monster who's aesthetically pleasing with nice posing. I don't care about the guy who, you know, 
looks like he weighs 120 pounds. Yeah, you're that's sweet. You're detailed, but but I'm not going to pay to watch you. And that's Sorry. I think what no, it's it's you know it's it's what it comes down to. People want to see the unattainable. They want to see the extremes. They want to see a freak. It's a freak show. So you know when you especially in the bodybuilding division, obviously the development, the highest level athletes are able to attain in a natural division or a natural show and a natural stream compared to the open. There's just no comparison, right? Now there's yeah. certain categories that they're, they're very close. Um, you know, there's certain natural athletes that are in the bikini division uh, or even in men's physique that look as impressive as it's going to get or as impressive as they should. So that's, I think why, they introduce these categories as well. So they are very attainable, whether you want to become enhanced or not. But when it comes to bodybuilding, it's just, there's just no comparison. No, no. Um, but, you know, okay. all the parts of you, if you want to do it that way, that's, that's your own Yeah, decision. yeah, yeah. That's, that's know, your life. That's whether it's for health, whether it's just, you're just not interested. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, the reality is whatever the, your, your decision is, you're, not going to be able to attain the physique of someone that is enhanced and and you, you might not even want to but and that's perfectly fine but the reality still remains yeah uh okay so courtney courtney from mexico she asked how do you know if slash when you're actually achieving hypertrophy during a set or workout uh your strength a short your performance yeah okay strength performance at the gym so if your numbers are going up your lifts are going up that is a very good indication that so is your muscle mass because the greater the muscle mass in the muscle group, the greater the horsepower you're going to be able to recruit for performing the task. Fair That's enough. it. That's the shortest I can get. The reason why I said give us a short answer is because the next one requires a long answer and it's probably going to take oh the remainder of the time. Oh. Okay. What's that? <laughs> no, that's fine. Let's go. Are you prepared? Okay. I'm prepared. This, this, this one comes from Amanda, uh, one of your clients. Uh, she asked us, it's a two-parter, I guess, technically. A lot of people state that the sport of bodybuilding is unhealthy, especially who, people who aren't in the world, which is fair. Most people do who don't know much about it. Is it unhealthy? And if so, what are the examples and why? And if it is healthy, what are the examples and why? And this is why I said it's going to probably take up the remainder of the time. Boy, you weren't kidding. Okay. So I think the very first thing that we have to do is to define healthy, to define what is considered as healthy. In my opinion, something becomes unhealthy when it's performed over a period of time, whether it's a, a high amount, whether it's a um, long period of time, whatever it is. So to give you an example, sugar, you know, sugar, you know, a lot of people see it as the devil, just avoid it at all, at all costs. When in reality, sugar in moderation, in moderate quantities, it's not unhealthy. The problem is that most people lack self-regulation. What, what I mean by this is you can't, and I truly believe this is why some of the government's information that is related to, to the general public, it's almost like they're treating people as kids because they know that people lack self-regulation skills. They will tell you, sugar is bad, don't do it. Why? Because it is preferable to them saying sugar is good which could potentially mean that they, they're going to overdo it because they just don't lack that, that sense of balance. So in bodybuilding, being at a deficit for a long period of time is unhealthy. Being at a deficit for not a long period of time, it's not the healthiest, but I wouldn't consider it 
to be in a category of unhealthy. So it's a matter of how you approach the process. Um, then again, being at a surplus, same thing. You do too much, too long, you're probably going to end up with, with, with certain side effects like the weight gain. And if it starts going around your waist a little bit too much, then the increase of certain uh, issues, health problems are going to increase as well. So it's a matter of how you approach the process. And especially if you enter the open bodybuilding world when, when, when you're using uh, performance enhancing drugs, same thing. I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say, sit here and tell you, um, you know, using them is healthy. But if you know what you're doing, if you take a moderate approach, if you take, if you are careful with your use, then you won't fall in the unhealthy uh, side of things. Now, of course, following a well-balanced, rich, nutrient-rich diet is going to be something healthy. It's going to be something good for you because you know you're giving your body the necessary fuel you're giving your body what it needs you're giving your body you know good things which is going to make you feel good it's going to place your mindset and your state of mind in a positive uh, note so that would be the healthy aspect in my opinion of the uh, of bodybuilding because it it it, em it emphasizes physical exercise which we know that is uh, associated with benefits health benefits uh, and it also uh, it's just, you know, bodybuilding entails following quality, intaking high quality foods, nutrient dense foods for the process itself, but it reaps health benefits as well. If I were to ask you an honest question, do you think there's anything healthy about the use of steroids in the sport or in general? Healthy. I do think that, in my opinion, as a male, for example, you know, after the age of 45, 50, when your own testosterone levels start to, start to decrease. I think that you know the introduction of exogenous testosterone into your into your system, given that your own natural testosterone levels have most likely decreased, with the uh, guidance of uh, of a doctor, that could definitely be in your health benefit. You will feel better. You'll just become stronger. Your your overall mood as well will increase. We know that low testosterone levels are associated with a low mood. You feel, feel like crap, right? So in, in a particular case like this, I would say, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, certain drugs, if you really think about it, they were created to either fight a disease or to improve the health of, of, of certain individuals in certain cases. Uh, for example, Anavar. Anavar was created with the purpose of using it with AIDS clients. They wanted uh, they wanted a drug that would prevent muscle breakdown, which is something that happens a lot, of course, in this in this particular instance of this disease. You know, they wanted to maintain to to keep as much muscle mass as possible, and that's why they created this drug, right? So in this case, then yeah, it would be healthy. It would it would basically prevent you from going to an unhealthier state. But yeah, that that would be my answer. Coming coming to a close, uh, really quick, guys. I just want to say thank you to everyone that tuned into the second episode of Overcome and Become. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, going into our third week, we have our first guest host with us. If you want to talk about who that would be, Humberto. Yeah, so we're going to be uh, talking with Ryan Mallow. So he is my uh, business partner for the Cancun Show, and he is the promoter for the Van Dyke Classic and Natural VDC Championships in Manitoba. Um, he is also a competitor. He, he lives the bodybuilding lifestyle for quite a number 
quite a number of years in his younger years. I mean, he in, in the bodybuilding world, he's something that I definitely look up to. He's very ex experienced, very knowledgeable. He's a coach himself as well. Uh, he's the owner of Matt Meldown. He's based off Quebec, but he would be able to give us some insight if someone has questions regarding things like growth hormone and insulin. He, you know, he has experience in that, so he will be able to give, I think, a little bit more of an anecdotal uh, experience, approach, and, and opinion. Which, which is actually perfect because uh, in the past two weeks, uh, we've ha both had, I think, at least a couple questions about uh, human growth hormone and insulin use. And this would be the perfect opportunity to actually get those questions answered by someone who is knowledgeable with those, those, uh, yeah. those compounds. And I would so. just like to reiterate that, you know, the, the opinions based, the opinions in this podcast are not to be taken as medical advice. This is our own opinions. This is uh, our own experiences. Uh, we provide this information with the hope uh, to get some insight as to, you know, potential side effects and what you can expect. But at the end of the day, you have to be very careful with this. You have to, you have to realize that you, we are not, no doctors. We're not going to tell you what to do. These are just opinions. Exactly. Past experiences or what have you. So it's just something that uh, guys don't overthink it. Don't take this, like, don't take things that Humberto says or I say or any guests that we have potentially in the future as a guide to something. This is just sharing experiences with you. We are not responsible for anything that you choose to do. Just saying that right now. Um, with that being said, though, guys, we're going to come to a close here shortly. I want to leave you guys on a positive note. Uh, this entire, the entirety of this episode, more or less, was based around um, mental health. And of course, we had spoken about, you know, first time experiences on stage and everything. There was a quote that I saw, and I just want to reiterate it really quick, because we were talking about, you know, how you didn't want to give up during your prep this past year because we had all we were all prepping at the same time as yourself which is when you when you give up you're not only giving up on yourself but you're almost insulting the people that believe in you who are around you who have invested the time and the effort into you so just something for those people that are you know prepping this this for this coming show or any pro qualifier this year uh, for people that are working hard in their personal lives or their jobs or on a, a, a course for school university whatever don't give up, follow through, because again, if you give up, you're not just letting yourself down, you're letting down the people that are around you. Absolutely. And I just want to mention something that I heard, I think for the first time from uh, Fouad Abiyat, who is a, an IBB pro. One of his motivational videos, I, I heard him say, and I'm paraphrasing, this is not the exact quote, but he said something along the lines of, the moment you quit for the first time, it makes quitting after that's that much more likely and easier. So give that into consideration as well. Like it's, it's, it's a slippery slope. And once it happens, it's very likely to happen again. So stick to, the, to it, keep fighting and uh, do not quit. Exactly. And if you guys ever need um, a laugh or a sarcastic meme, I, I think we're both pretty good for that. <laughs> feel free to feel free to DM us. I think I have at least like a thousand screenshots of memes. On as long as you have story. pretty dark humor. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be dark. If it's not dark, don't bother. You're just going to get offended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with that being said though guys we're going to come to a close thank you so much uh, of course for listening to us again and again our third episode will feature Ryan Malo and the fourth one will be a very special guest as well who is an IFBB pro so stay tuned guys we thank you we hope you have a fantastic day stay positive stay healthy